Hey everybody, welcome to the Digested Productions Podcast, episode 132. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers, joined this week by special guest Tom McIntosh. Thank you for being here. Thank you very, very much. It's uh, it's nervous to be here, but I'm I'm very yeah. much excited for it. <laughs> it's my first podcast. Hey. It's, it's good fun. I like listening to podcasts. It's, it gets to get into it's gonna it. It's going to be golden. Yeah, it's going to be easy. We have, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about your background, what you have going on over on your, your YouTube channel, everything like that. Oh, okay, sure. So I'm I'm like many people my age, um, and I I've 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 always been around YouTube, and I've always said to myself like I want to be a YouTuber. And you know, throughout high school and whatever, I was I was always there making you know Let's Play Minecraft episode one. Our adventure begins, and you know it would never get any traction yeah. because I was just some silly person using a laptop microphone recording me playing a super <laughs> flat Minecraft world. And I was like, why am I not famous yet? And no, so it, it never took <laughs> off. And um, But I've been in and around uh, YouTube for a long time. I've obviously recorded myself, never really been that successful. And took a few year break from from attempting and, you know, knuckling down my schoolwork and, you know, really focused on other parts of my life. Now, though, now it's the beginning of summer. It's uh, the beginning of July and I have a summer off. So I've decided, why don't I give this another stab? feel like I've got a good idea going I want to give it another stab it's something for me to do over the summer I'm gonna put you know gonna invest a little bit into it and just just see where it goes just have a lot of fun mm-hmm. nice yeah I, well, I, I'm curious what did you start out with you said you'd start out with like a laptop microphone or something what, what was your starting setup like I'm curious yeah so I had <laughs> I had very similar parents to a lot of people in which I didn't have my own computer and I'd have my my mum's work laptop that I wasn't allowed to use apart from when I'd been really good and I come back from school and I'd done all my homework and then I'd be like, mom, can I use a computer please? And she'd have a little office Lenovo laptop with an inbuilt microphone that could run Minecraft at 18 FPS max on low settings. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd download Fraps and Bandicam and I'd slap it on and I'd <laughs> see where it goes. And yeah, I don't need to tell you that it didn't exactly go so very familiar. far. But I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not the only person who's experienced that. Yeah, I, I remember. I think the first time I tried making like a YouTube video was like 2006, maybe. No, I, 2008 was probably more like it, like actual like a YouTube video as opposed to me just like taking a video I happened to be filming off a camera or something. And uh, I remember I stacked. I had I was trying to film like a Call of Duty uh, video, and I, I took my desk chair, I put like my toolbox on it. Then I put a bunch of books on that, then a couple of boxes or something, and I sat the camera on top of all of that so it would be level with the TV, and I would, I would adjust it a little bit, and I'd film the TV while I'm playing, and then I would take that, put it on my laptop, and record with a, uh, oh, I, I always forget, GarageBand? Is that the name? The Apple the, one. Think, no, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the video game. Uh, oh, Guitar Hero. Are you talking about that? It was like Guitar Hero, but it was the band one. I can't think of what it was called. I don't know, unfortunately. Sorry, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, basically, they it came with like drums, guitar, and a microphone as part of the game. Um, and uh, I would use the microphone from that game, and I'd plug that into the USB. Oh, Rock Band. That's what I was thinking of. Rock Band. And uh, I would use that microphone to record. And it was just like this crappy little video game microphone. And I, I would do that, and I'd edit together these little video guides on like how to do like glitches or how to do like well and like. The, the zombies game modes and stuff and it was i mean at the time it was good for me like i did well i'm doing air quotes 
And then looking back at those, like I have those old videos saved on my, my old laptop. I'm like, man, these are awful. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly like, this, the feeling. This is the worst quality video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think in my, my vague attempts at YouTube, a couple of videos remain and are still out in the void. <laughs> and I found one about two years ago. And it was me trying to explain to people how to beat the Wither Boss because the Wither Boss had just come out of Minecraft. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was such a little pussy. And I was in creative <laughs> mode. And I dug down to Bedrock. And I was like, just spawn him in Bedrock, guys. It's easy. He just dies. And I had the squeakiest <laughs> little voice that you could barely hear because there was loads of background noise. And I thought yeah. back to it now. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm actually so grateful that didn't take off because that would be a hell of a legacy. <laughs> Yeah, I did a thing where like I made my channel, I put like, I don't know, eight to 10 videos up or something. I don't remember. And I was like, all right. And then I, I got tired of doing it or something. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. So I would delete the channel. Then I'd start over again. And I'm looking back, I'm like, man, that was stupid. Yeah. Like I, I I kept losing, losing and regaining subscribers left and right. Like I think originally like that first one I did with like the, the zombies and stuff, I had like, I don't know, I'd be getting like 10 to 15,000 views on each of those at the time. And I'm like, man, that was, uh, those are the days. And now I'm like, I don't even upload regularly anymore to our, our main channel. It's like, I, we're, we're slowly getting back into it, which is part of why we're doing this like YouTube content creator series of the podcast here. Sounds and, like a good uh, idea. Yeah. I, part of it was, I have some free time coming up, like where we're on vacation and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make some content and upload it. And I was like, I have not like focused on YouTube in ages. And I'm curious as to like what people's experiences are with YouTube. Like I've, I've worked around YouTube. I just haven't uploaded our own content. Uh, I've worked with a number of different creators getting like helping them get their branding and stuff up. And I was like, I want, I want to hear from people like what, like that actually did it on their own, like what their experiences are, like getting everything set up and, and how it's different from like the way I've explained it to people. It's going to be very informative. It's going to be very informative to listen to previous episodes and upcoming episodes of yours to hear this people is... who want to get involved in youtube to say ah you know this experience you know he did this wrong she did that right and mm. just learn and it's a it's a good idea yeah, you're i really like four. this you're number four on the the list of people that we've had on for this in two days worth of recording <laughs> you're on the grind so, yeah we're working hard we do this occasionally where we'll record a bunch of episodes in a row that aren't really time sensitive not that most of our, most of our episodes aren't, to be, to be fair, uh, but a lot of times it's like revolving around like what we're doing. Like, hey, it's the Fourth of July. This is what we did, you know, or like a uh, like Christmas or whatever. We'll talk about that, and it's like it's not that it's time sensitive, but it's relative to like a specific date. Whereas this is like I can record ten of these in the span of a week and have months worth of content then that I can just put them out every week like normal, Bosh. and I don't have to worry about sitting down over and over again trying to get it done. Yeah, that's a very good idea. I try we, to do yeah. batch recordings, but it never mm. really works that well. It's something I definitely like I to think, improve upon. I think this is the third time we've done something like this now. We did it once like a year and a half ago where we recorded, I think it was like 15 episodes in the span of a week. And that sucked. Uh, it was great like getting to talk to everybody and actually doing the shows. But the editing afterwards was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely <laughs> that's, imagine. That's, that's me editing like about 20 some hours worth of audio down yeah. in the span of like a month because i just wanted to be done with it and have it up and ready to go 
so I didn't have to worry about it. I wish I could say that I know how you feel. I did three live streams this week and I was planning on releasing a video sort of within the next 48 hours or whatever. Just going Mm -hmm. through the live streams and picking out bits that I want to include and still keep it to a relatively short video is taking me so Mm -hmm. long. And it's like, oh, I've only done three live streams. It's like nine hours (laughs) worth of content. And I'm already like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do here? Like it's, 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 it's it's a learning curve and i know how you feel with the wow i've got a lot of editing in front of me that's what we did 2020 sort of two years ago now uh during the pandemic like i was just home from work like i had nothing to do so i was uh i i started live streaming on our channel i was like i never really streamed a lot like we would do it like just kind of like in a relaxing like we're, we happen to play be, we happen to be playing games so we just turned the live stream on and just sit there and chat with people but it wasn't we weren't trying to build up like our actual twitch channel or anything we weren't really focused on it. It was just well, the, when we first started, it was uh, uh, the Xbox one. I forget what it was even called. Mixer. We started on that ages ago. Yeah. Then we switched to Twitch when that died off. And then so like in 2020, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll you know focus on this a little bit. I got nothing else going on. It's very, very similar. And that's what it was like. Yeah, it's very, very yeah. similar to the approach that I'm taking at the moment. Interestingly, I I want to do this YouTube thing and I want to start being, a, you know, on a little bit present online with stuff that I do and yeah, I do the, about it. Yeah, yeah and I I do these live streams and sometimes I'll get you know 10 viewers pop in and we're chatting away and we have lots of lots of chats and stuff and averaging high and just really enjoying it and actually I mm-hmm. I'm not in it for the Twitch game I'm not in it for the live stream game I'm in it for the YouTube game and the game of mm-hmm. just like playing through the game in the way that I want to do it that's that's why I'm in it. And if I get a live stream, yeah, sure. It's just more fun to just slap it on and talk to whoever's around. I totally agree with you yeah. on that. It's it's weird how it evolves. Like we started like our whole brand, like this, the Deadress Productions brand at least, started around the podcast and it changed to the YouTube and the Twitch like in 2020. And then it's gone back to being about the podcast again. Like the, the podcast has been super consistent. We've never missed a week or anything. Uh, it's always been on time. Like, the only thing, the only time we haven't released on time was when it was like two hours late because, and I released it at six in the morning. So it's not like anyone missed out on anything at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loaded it. I got up in the morning and my co-host had like text me. It's like, hey, I can't hear the podcast. Like it's, something's wrong. And I loaded up and like the file got corrupted in the process of being uploaded. And I went back and I tried to upload it and the file like that I tried uploading itself was corrupted. So I had to go back and re-edit the entire podcast. It's like six in the morning. <laughs> my goodness the grind in the work that was awful that that was i was like this is what this is how we screw up on a release time is the file gets corrupted at like i had edited it maybe at like 11 o'clock the previous night or something like it was a it was a last minute recording where the scheduling just worked out kind of poorly so like we recorded it at like 8 till like 9 30 we were chatting a little bit afterwards and then i edited it down and, and got it all taken care of that's good and like were you it was a, it was were you issue. proud of the content that you ended up releasing a little bit later? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I there are, to to be completely honest, there are definitely things we put out where I'm like, this is not our best effort. Not not so like podcast wise. I mean, I think we approach the podcast the same way every time, um, where it's just we're coming in here. We don't set expectations like this is going to be like a really in depth interview like we're going to sit down and really expose some secrets or you know like we're not approaching it like we're just gonna be a revolutionary thing we're just here to chat and have fun for the most part that's good and uh we, we don't try and pretend like it's anything other than that 
as for like our YouTube content and like our Twitch content, there have definitely been times where uh, it's like, all right, this wasn't our best day, you know, like especially with Twitch. I think that's the the one for the most part where it's yeah. like this. We just were not at the level of energy we needed to be at today. I feel um, that something like that. I totally agree. Yeah. When I do my live streams, I've only done a few so far, but there's mm-hmm. like a clear gap in when I'm really tired or I'm, you know, I'm really yeah. energetic. I'm really into it. And sometimes it's just, you know, not that I mean to be, you know, not that I think to myself, I'm mm-hmm. really tired, but I've got to do this. Sometimes I don't realize I'm tired and I go back through the footage and I'm like, just sitting there for 20, <laughs> 25 seconds, just sort of looking at the game, like really not yeah. paying that much attention to anything else. And I'm like, this could be so much better. You watch Twitch streams all the time, Tom, get your act together. <laughs> like you need to be entertaining for the folks. That's what they come here to see. Yeah. That definitely happened in 2020 when we were grinding out because we I streamed every day from like June 7th, I think was the first stream that we actually like as opposed to like a real stream. Like I did some tests, little short 30 minute ones just to get things up and running. That was like the first real stream was like June 7th until like November. I think 14th was the last like main one that we did. And I streamed every single day. Basically, there was a couple times when I take off if we were going to be we weren't going to be home or something, but. Basically every day I'd stream and I had a ton of fun. We grind out, we hit partner in that span, which I was incredibly proud of. And it's just like, I was so exhausted. Like I'd log off, I'd do like five hours, six hour streams and I'd turn it off and I'd be like, I am going to pass out. One wow. from it being so hot in here. And two, I'm just like, I'm just tired from like yeah. getting up, being energetic. And it was, ne- I, I've always made it a point. Like I don't want to be the guy that goes on stream and it's like falsely enthusiastic, if that makes sense. Right. Or it's like, I'm absolutely 100% myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the thing where like some like content creators do. And not that it's a bad thing. It's just not my thing where they're like, they're just like over the top enthusiastic. Like, you know, they're like, oh my God, can you believe this? Like they're like, everything is like blowing their mind. Yeah. That's just not my reaction to stuff. That's no. just not how I choose to do it. The way that so I approach, sorry, yeah. the way that I approach my Twitch games is in the same sort of, the way that i think of it is ultimately i'm in this for a youtube video in the end and it'll be you know it's funny to see to tell a story and tell a narrative and then like have a live clip where i'm raging or whatever and i like to think to myself while i stream if something happens i need to react in such a way that not i'm over the top but in a natural way Mm -hmm. that would still be you know youtube video worthy of of clipping in but it's also it's also important to me that I'm not like that 100% of the time because I could falsely mistake yeah. something being way more interesting and way too over the top than it actually is. So it's, it's got to be, for example, mm-hmm. when I you know, shoot the wrong person or when I drive around <laughs> the wrong way or, or whatever it might be, it's important. I'm like, oh my God, guys, what the hell? Yeah, you're seeing yeah. this. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing like that. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, you complete idiot. What are you doing? It, you know, it's in a natural <laughs> way that is still watchable on youtube that's the way that i approach my twitch streams yeah yeah you going back to what you were saying originally too of like pulling out content from the long streams that was that's a nightmare at times yeah that's an absolute nightmare. especially like like I, I, like I said i'm not sure exactly how long you stream for like in one go um but like i remember like six hours and i'm pull, i'm going back and trying to pull out specific like five to six minute long segments and it's brutal <laughs> yeah like one it's like it, at one point it's like 
one, I have to find out where that happened. Like a lot of times we have notes, like I would do that. I would write down like timestamps where it's like, I think roughly this is when this like started. So it's not as difficult, but then going through finding out where it actually ends and all that, cutting it down then to an actual video and stuff. Uh, it is, it was a real pain. We did that with like dark souls, like dead by daylight. And then some of them we did like, um, I did video guides for like collectibles and like modern warfare. Those were some of our early videos on the, the new channel. And uh, those were a pain because I would I would live stream our attempts at it with random people. So like these are just people that were interested in getting the collectibles or whatever. And I'd be like, all right, this is what we're trying to do. I'm making this. I'm live streaming and we're making this into a video. Please, for the love of God, don't say anything offensive that's going to get us taken down. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's just, the thing. Ugh. I yeah. um well when so to answer your question, I I typically stream for like never more than three hours at a time Mm. and the reason for that is a i often stream relatively you know not late late but in the evenings of the day because that's when a lot of my audience are up and around and secondly because that's when i'm you know most ready to go and most eager to get started and the three hour mark for me is because the content that i'm doing it is Mm -hmm. diligent and i want to not take my time with it but i would like to take it in stages and take it in steps and it's really interesting for me going back to what you were saying about the finding the clips and you know putting them together i seem well i call it a short straw i don't think it's that much of a short straw but (laughs) i'm trying to blend the content between different creators and one of the steps in doing that is taking my experiences on a stream and trying yeah. to create not a fictional story, but I want to turn it into like a, a, a narrative storytelling experience so that yeah. viewers are encouraged to stick around to the video and they they have this retention layer that they want to, to, to watch more. And sometimes to do that, I need to look back through the footage and develop some sort of, not storyline, but some sort of overarching arc that, the video is going to flow through so that it's a flowing video whether that be a single run for like a, a me trying to complete a game or whether that be me really having a hard time against a certain enemy or whatever that is and doing yeah. that means that sometimes i have to trawl through footage two or three times to see what is going to fit what isn't going to fit and you never yeah. know as i'm sure you know lots of people listening or yourself you know you, you never know if you're hitting the mark with these clips or these these <laughs> things and you might skip over something that would be really funny but it wouldn't be funny in that context or whatever and it's it's a steep learning curve for me and it's really interesting mm-hmm. actually i'm having a lot of fun with it i know exactly what you're talking about it was like getting a narrative down for like the video to carry on over we did that with like uh we did some uh like minecraft related videos where we had an overarching goal of like, uh, I'm trying to remember what we were trying to do at the time. We'll just say like beating the Ender Dragon or whatever. Like we'd have something like that where that's the overarching goal. And then they we have these little side plots of people like with their side projects at the same time. And that would be like, we'd use that as like a way to focus it down into one episode. But people are sticking around to figure out like how we complete the end goal. I know one of them was like, we're trying to get to space. <laughs> uh, using like a mod. Like the end goal is there, which keeps them sticking around. But episode by episode is determined by like the individual like projects that we're working on throughout each episode. I agree. That kind of helps with the editing. Yeah. I made a terrible decision in 
I think it was it's either episode of, or one or two of that series where for whatever reason we I took the audio. I don't know why we came up with this idea and we thought it'd be funny. The entire like tw- I think it was like 25 minutes long. The entire video is dubbed over in Japanese from like I don't remember. It's like some anime or something. It's the <laughs> entire Japanese anime like voice from the show. And it has nothing to do with the content that's on screen. And then we also put, I put like English subtitles that don't match up with the Japanese audio. So (laughs) what you're seeing has nothing to do with what you're hearing. And then the subtitles also have nothing to do with that. And it was so unbelievably confusing. And it took me uh, maybe like 40, 45 hours to put it together. And we thought it was the funniest thing ever. And it bombed horribly. We got like a dozen (laughs) views on it. I was like, what were we going for? <laughs> it's always fun to look back at previous projects of yours oh, and just think, yeah, oh, like, oh, what? I, I'd love to go back into your mindset and think, why was that funny? You know, yeah, those sorts of I moments. don't remember what we were thinking at the time. We were just like, this is hilarious. Because we were doing like a, I know we did like the Attack on Titan theme song at one point in there. We're like building up all this excitement, like it's dramatic. And it's really just some, one of us is just like slowly chopping down a tree or something. And it's just, I have no idea what our mindset was at that time <laughs> where we thought that was the best thing we'd ever made. And I was like, this is, this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible content. Wasn't funny looking back at it. When I went back and rewatched it a while ago, was it, I didn't find it funny. I'm even more disappointed at how much time I wasted on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's brutal. We've all been there. Brutal. Do you have like any like really old videos of yours? They just, you don't have necessarily on your YouTube but you have that you like worked on maybe and you just yeah. go back and like see them every once in a while. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't have them on like my hard drive or whatever, but I'd have a lot on YouTube that I just never made public. They were always just mm-hmm. either private okay. or unlisted. So I can, yeah. you know, I can scroll down on my channel and see when I tried to do certain things and I spent mm-hmm. time editing in windows movie maker, good old windows movie maker try to make things work and they just wouldn't and i would sit there you know my 16 year old peanut brain would be like this this is gonna this is gonna slam i'm gonna share it to all my friends i'm gonna be so rich i'm gonna be so popular (laughs) and you upload it and you share it to your friends and your friends are like what am i watching tom what are you doing and you're like and you feel sad but you keep up there just in case the dream is alive and you go back to it and you're like oh come on tom what were you doing that was ridiculous (laughs) We were, we were talking about Windows Movie Maker on the last episode, actually, and how, like, if you go back and watch a lot of, like, old videos on YouTube, everyone uses the same, like, title card from, oh, like, yeah. Windows Movie Maker, the same generic, like, black background, white text title card. That's like that, the same generic, like, for, like copyright-free music. Oh, the nostalgia when you hear that copyright music yeah. that everyone used to use <laughs> in, like, when people used to get up Notepad and they type, hello, YouTube, back in, like, 2011. Yeah. Uh, the good day. I, 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 yeah. that was my prime. That was, that was my peak. <laughs> I remember making, I forget. I don't remember what the program was. I don't, I have no memory of what it was called, but it was like a stick figure animation program where you would, you would like create like whatever character you wanted. You'd place it on like the screen. You could do the background, everything. And then you would, you'd click like save and that would be the frame. And then you'd adjust the characters a little bit to however you wanted them save. And it would create frame by frame. And yeah. you can make like stop motion, stop motion. animation. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I, 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 I went through that and I made this like, I don't know, minute long, maybe at most little video. 
And I don't remember all of it. I just remember at one point a guy, like a stick figure guy, falls off a cliff, lands on some spikes, and it's like he's like bleeding out. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm, I'm I did a really good job here. And I sent it to like some of my relatives. And my aunt, like, I remember her, I think she emailed me back maybe at the time, probably didn't text me. I don't think I had a cell phone at the time even. And she's like, she's like, Josh, this is, this is really violent. She's morbid, like, you should not be talking about this. Not and I was like, I was so sad. I was like, oh man, I was really proud of this. And I'm being told it's too violent. That is a shame. <laughs> I was That's disappointed. Yeah. Just when they don't monetize it, basically that disappointment. It's, yeah. You swear <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. So you're 30 minute long video. You can't make any money. <laughs> ah, not again. I don't know. Yeah, it's we've had a it's it's interesting the way like the copyright strike system has been worked on YouTube lately. How they're just they seem to be all over the place with enforcing it and not enforcing like the abuse of it. They seem to um, be like, yeah, they seem to be quite sporadic with when when they don't and they have guidelines like oh you know you can't yeah. put heavy profanity in the thumbnail unless you're this person, unless you're this person, in which case you don't get a copyright strike, but you, you will, um, just because yeah. we've arbitrarily picked it up. Or the first X amount of seconds in your video, you know, that ranges from mm -hmm. five seconds or some YouTubers, it could be like a minute where they're, you know, 45 seconds into the video, they drop an F-bomb, demonetized, whereas you have other YouTubers who will, you know, start with their first sentence to be like, they just drop loads of bombs <laughs> and then YouTube's yeah. like, that's nah, fine. It wasn't in the first five seconds or whatever. <laughs> I, I reached out to a couple of people uh, because I upload, we had a, when we live stream now, I just live stream to Twitch and YouTube at the same time. I'm like, whatever, I'll just, I'll stream it that way. And then it automatically gets saved to our YouTube page. Super easy just to have like that up there then. But I would get not copyright claims on us, but I'd get the option to copyright claim people for stuff that I shouldn't be able to do. Like one of the ones we did was like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I did a stream of that. And wow. it was giving me the option to copyright claim people because of like the uh, cutscenes and stuff in the game. And I forget. Oh, yeah. I, it popped up like there was like four different ones. Like two of them were from the like intro cutscene. I forget what the others were. But I reached out to those people, like the people that it was going to let me copyright claim. And I was like, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Like you might get copyright claim from somebody that uploads like like a stream of this or like another video of this because like it's letting me copyright claim if I decide to. And I should not be able to do that. Right. And they were cool. They were like, oh, they're like, thanks for the heads up. I was like, I shouldn't be able to copyright. Like, I don't own this content. Yeah. Well, like it was literally letting me copyright claim the intro cutscene to the video game. I'm like, this is insane. I shouldn't be able to do this. Just, uh, just gonna backtrack a little bit when you were talking about okay. streaming on on YouTube and Twitch. This was a mm -hmm. this is a a big 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 debate of mine when I was starting up. You know, I did a lot of research and I asked a lot of people and I really took my time before yeah. I started again and. The whole idea, Twitch versus YouTube for live streaming, YouTube and Twitch. So I'm just interested. How do your viewers feel about you streaming on YouTube and Twitch? And more importantly, do you ever get viewers on YouTube who get confused that you're not reading chat, but you are reading a chat that doesn't seem to appear on their screen? So I, I stream through uh, Streamlabs. I don't know what you use to stream. I, well, to be honest, I'm quite low budget. I, I just use the... Um, consoles proprietary streaming software at the oh, okay moment. okay yeah i use Streamlabs on my computer here and it allows me to stream to both at the same time and it gives me the option to view just the twitch chat or both but i can't respond to like the youtube chat right so i can i can look i can look at both of them i can switch back and forth what i do is i just do i click like the little pop out menu 
And so I just have both chats on on one of my monitors at the same yeah. time. So I can see both at the same time. So um, the reason I stream on both to kind of answer your other question, like how they feel about watching both, like if there's any confusion, we have a bigger audience on Twitch. Well, we did when I streamed more consistently. I haven't streamed in months. <laughs> I don't. Th- I just have not had the time. Uh, Twitch, we grew faster over there. Uh, I like streaming on YouTube as like a backup almost because it automatically uploads then to the our YouTube channel and it provides extra free content essentially that I don't have to edit down. That makes sense. Um, we don't really get many views on the the streams like the videos on YouTube because they're just whole uncut live streams. I don't expect to get very many views, if any, on them, really. Course, yeah. But it's at least there for reference, I suppose. That's nice. That's interesting. Because one of the things that I personally have experienced when I consume live streams, especially on YouTube, mm-hmm. is that streamers will have the dual setup where they're streaming to both Facebook gaming, yeah. YouTube, Twitch, and all the other, you know, other streaming services that are available. And they're reading chat from somewhere, and they're responding to chat from somewhere. <laughs> And you're looking at your chat and you're like, who the hell asked? But no one's asking. And they're responding to these arbitrary questions and they seem insane. And then they'll drop the whole, oh, Twitch chat or, oh, on YouTube or whatever. And you think to yourself, oh, right, okay. So do you have any sort of, you know, how transparent is that to stop idiots like me who might be thinking, what the hell's going on? Do you often reference like, oh, Twitch and YouTube? Or is there like in your description or whatever? Like what could help alleviate any confusion? When I stream, I always post the links to both of them on or like Twitter. Uh, and then when I'm streaming, most of the people there are aware that I'm streaming on both, like the the core audience that, that come back every time. Um, uh, for the most part, though, it's like, I'll, I just have both up at the same time. Nobody ever really mentions uh, like, oh, who is he talking to? Like that sort of thing. Um, I'll, a lot of times it's just people saying, hey, what's up or whatever. Like I'm not getting a lot of like questions necessarily that would cause any confusion i guess that's it's not i don't know it's just it's never i've never been in a position where it would it could cause confusion as to who i'm actually responding to necessarily that's encouraging Um, to hear because of course you know i i hang around a lot of subreddits and a lot of forums online and you know that's everyone asks this question you know should i switch on twitch or should i stream on youtube and you know the answer is well you just go on both and then it gets confusing and stuff so one of the one of the things that frustrated me were people say like, don't stream to both because if you get partnered on Twitch or YouTube, they don't want you streaming to the other one. But it's like most people that are like on like these subreddits looking for assistance are not the people who are already partnered on these platforms. It's like, if you're not partnered, there's absolutely no downside to streaming on both. Like you you can only grow your audience on both platforms at the same time that way. It's very, um, it's one of the major flaws that, a lot of people run into is is yeah you've just alluded to how you go onto forums and stuff and you see you know oh there's a, a whole community dedicated to people getting started that's awesome they're gonna know you know they're gonna help me they're gonna potentially join me and all that sort of stuff and you get really excited you start asking questions yeah. and you don't actually realize that these people are here because they don't know because they haven't got Exactly. subscribers yeah. because they're not proper creators so you can ask a question about what's best what's that but you've always mm-hmm. always 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 got to take any answers you get with a pinch of salt especially feedback videos especially when they ask oh i'm gonna do feedback on videos send me your video on the comments or whatever and i'm gonna give you a detailed mm-hmm. analysis of it and it's like okay great but what 
background have you got to tell me that my thumbnail's not very good? Or, you know, why yeah. should I listen to you telling me that I should improve this? I understand I can take, I can definitely take criticism from that sort of community when it's about, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in this part. This bit didn't catch me. Yeah. This hook was bad. I wasn't interested in this because that they, you know, that is the sort of thing that they do influence. These are the, that is potentially your target audience that you want people to be interested. But when it comes down to, you know, competition or titles, thumbnails, they may not yeah. be the best qualified people to tell you what to do. And that's something that needs to be promoted a little bit more, especially in those communities, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely not. You definitely don't want to discredit what everyone is saying for sure. Like, I mean, you, and not that you were saying that either, but it definitely is like a point to think like, okay, these people are not professionals necessarily. I exactly mean, that. It, everyone is there to try and learn and, and grow their channels and network and everything like that. Don't take everything like it's the end all be all of this is how you have to do this or how you shouldn't do it. Exactly. Um, a, a lot of times too, like uh, uh, I can't think of the subreddit one it might be like get more youtube video views or something i forget what it is Uh, but like some of them it's like people are stopping by dropping links into the like just posting like the link to their recent video and then they leave they're not there like supporting one another yeah and that's the type of community that frustrates me sometimes where it's like they they don't understand why they're not getting any growth it's like nobody's actually looking at any things that are posted here this is basically just a, a subreddit where people are posting links to their content and then moving on they're not like there's it there's no actual community there it's basically just a link dump exactly hit and, and run yeah. a hit and run as well exactly yeah. yeah um it's i think and something that i've i've gathered from my brief experiences so far is that it is vitally important that if you want to reach and and, and get people and it's it's works for me i've i've you know i got 100 subscribers in a week and I've got, you know, yeah. a few hundred views and stuff and people were like actually tuned in is that you need to target the niche that you're in. You can't expect yeah. to go to a general YouTube or new YouTube subreddit or a new YouTube forum or a new YouTube Discord server or whatever the medium might be and expect that they're not your audience. Your audience is if you're playing a specific specific video game, give people who play that video game a reason to come and watch you. If you're baking cakes or whatever go to cookery stuff or you know i want to cook macarons today let's go to a macarons area and say i have a little twist on macarons go on there and for me and for the people that i've spoken to that has been 10 100 times more effective than going on to you know get more views and going oh i post a video please click here and then leaving Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know it's i feel like people too don't realize how much work goes into it like they see these big youtubers and they're like, this guy's putting out content left and right. It's like, this person has a team of editors that break down this per- their content and edits it for them. He, th- like, those big YouTubers spent hundreds of hours a week. Well, not hundreds of hours a week, but like they spent like 50 hours a week at least. Like they treated it like a full-time job at one point. And they still do. Like they put in so much work and effort making all the content. Like it's, I feel like a lot of people go into it where they up, they put together the video not that they're not putting work in, but like they'll put together the video and they'll upload it and just hope that it does well, not realizing there's a lot more work that goes into it than just editing the, together the video. I mean, thumbnails are important. Promoting the videos and your content in general are important. And, and I feel like a lot of people just don't realize the value in a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, even when 
YouTubers have these massive editing teams and whatever, it's still mm -hmm. important to them that they have like an input on this editing. For example, I know someone who has millions of subscribers on YouTube um, who is looking at getting in some editors because he does all the edits himself. And the one thing he mm -hmm. always says is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to, to get these editing teams because I edit in a specific way. And I feel like if I get another editor to do it in his way, my audience is going to feel that, you know, effect. It and loses effect. the personality that you provide to it. It loses the effect of the editing personality, absolutely. So that mm. even when these YouTubers have these editing teams or whatever, they are often, you know, firsthand onto these editors. Like, you know, I want this, I want that. And they're still thinking about their yeah. content afterwards. And, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't happen to every YouTuber, especially the, the live mm. stream YouTubers who do streaming and then they have a team of editors who clip it together or whatever. Maybe that is their form of content to just clip together things, which is fine. But people like, you know, the person I was talking about, they have really got to be hands-on. And that is something that I think that personally, I'm also going to have a really hard time letting go of if I do ever get to a level where I want to get an editor. I mm -hmm. take pride in my, I'm learning how to edit at the moment. You know, I'm starting out beforehand. I use Windows Movie Maker to just clip bits down together. Now I've, you know, I've invested in uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud, for instance, and I've got Premiere yes. Pro and Photoshop and it's learning. It's a learning curve. And yeah, I know the animations are absolutely dross. I know that this <laughs> could be clipped together. I know that I could J cut this, but I don't really understand the how and the know how and whatever. Yeah. But my editing has created a timeline and a storyline. And my mm. editing has allowed me to express what I was talking about in my streams that little bit more. It puts more emphasis on this part. And maybe editors don't see what I see. And I still want my content yeah. to be the same. If I do reach that level, I'm going to have a really hard time letting go of that specific element. I think too, part of it is it's super, a lot of people will say like we, we looked into getting a podcast editor at one point because realistically with the podcast, you don't, ha it's not a lot of, uh, in-depth work. It's more, make sure it sounds good, cut out any like over like long periods of dead air or any like background noise and stuff. It's more about touching it up than anything. I looked into it and I was like, why would I do that? Like, I don't like, I already do all the editing. I don't need to add the expense of having an editor do the podcast for me every single week. And I feel like it's so easy to have somebody else to do that for you. But the knowledge of how to do it is so useful. Uh, we talked, like I said, we talked about this last week on the, the episode where people want to get editors or uh, they want to pay to have someone do like the artwork and stuff for them learning how to do every aspect of the like, content creation can be super useful. One, you save a bunch of money doing it, but two, that's a skill you're picking up that you can then apply to all of your future content if you need to. And it just kind of increases the, you know, the, the range of your, your skill set. And it, I don't know, I find it to be super useful. Yeah. That being said, having an editor, having an editor would be a super nice at times. When I have a ton of work in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's a massive upside to it. And I think it can, we as I was saying, I think I it can be say, quite. We, we tried at one point. We actually, we we reached out and had a couple people like test out to do it. And it was like kind of weird. Like it, they cut a lot of weird stuff out that I wouldn't, like they literally cut out part of like our conversations, which threw me off. And I, was, and I don't know. It just gave me, I just had a bad experience with it. That's right. why I have completely avoided it since. One thing that I would like to learn and I'd like to understand, and I, I understand mm. that there's no true answer to this, is 
when when do i look at saying oh you know at what point do i say i should be getting an editor at what point do i say i should be you know going part-time or or whatever i was actually having a very very interesting conversation with another content creator today in real life actually mm-hmm. and he was saying that someone he knows he's got he's semi-successful he's got you know seven thousand subscribers on youtube and that might not sound a lot mm-hmm. but someone like me who started out last week and that's, yeah. that's a lot and he's decided that he's going to quit his job and he's going to go full-time and my initial reaction like a lot of people's mm-hmm. initial reaction was wow really because yeah, seven thousand subscribers is a lot of people but is that enough to go full-time is that too much of a gamble at what point do we want editors at what point do we say i'm going to quit my job to become a full-time content creator whatever it is yeah. i have no idea where that point where that line is i suppose that line will move for everyone but that would True. be terrifying yeah. for me to say i'm going to quit my job i've studied a career for this i want to do youtube all the time i want to do tiktok all the time i want to make podcasts all the time that 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 seems terrifying and yeah it, you know if someone was to say to me like do you want you know 15 million subscribers right now give up your job give up your studies and you could just make this all the time i would say like that is that is something that i want to do as an end goal it's something that i've always wanted to do from mm-hmm. a little as a little child but it's still absolutely terrifying to me yeah i i've always had the mindset of like it would have to be as profitable as my full-time job like i i, I want to make sure like it's, it's there's nothing stable about content creation like you could blow up be huge and then you're gone the next like just like a few months down the line like how many how many youtubers or twitch streamers have lasted for years on end where they've maintained their like prominence on the platforms but also yeah sorry um but also how many content i like to think about this and it does make me a little bit sad sometimes actually how many youtubers did i used to watch when i was 12 when i was 13 who are still Mm -hmm. knocking about they are still doing twitch streams they are still doing youtube videos but they seem to have lost their passion. They seem to have lost yeah. their drive and they've made that a full-time job for them. That is their career. Do mm-hmm. they do they regret that? It's scary to think about as someone coming into content creation. Is this actually what I want to do? Do I want to dry up and plateau at you know, yeah. 8 million <laughs> subscribers where I'm just pumping out exactly the same content because I know what to do. I'm not growing, but I'm still living i'm still getting the income in to live but i'm not doing anything new i'm not innovating yeah. just plugging away is that the life i want no i feel like a lot of youtubers too once they get to a certain size and they've been doing it for a longer period of time it almost take turns to more of like a business aspect not necessarily content creation they're still putting out content yes but they're doing a lot more like investments or they're working on businesses that are youtube adjacent maybe or something hey. um what's that What's her name? Uh, Twitch streamer Amaranth. Like, oh, yeah. She does. She does like the OnlyFans, I think, and then she does like Twitch streams. She does a ton of business stuff outside of that. She's bought like gas stations. She does a lot of like investment, like investing sort of stuff. Like, um, I think she, I think she bought a ton of like Activision stocks or something. Wow. Like, she's a business person first and foremost, but she also makes content still. Like, I feel like her the business side of her career has really flourished. Uh, yeah. Not that her other like her actual co- like content creation hasn't flourished but i feel like that's where she's making a ton of money is in her business uh sort of mindset one of my biggest inspirations on youtube is a massive youtuber ksi who 
mm-hmm. was in a very very similar situation to me he was studying he did you know youtube on the side when he had spare time and he got some traction obviously this is not talking from my personal experience now but he got yeah. some traction he got big he then formed his group and they went off and did their thing and got even bigger and when he then he's now branched out into doing boxing into doing the prime drink there's so many other areas of his life now while continuing to do youtube of course but he's always 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 working on improving himself improving his brand improving as much as he can that's so inspirational to to people like me and probably to a lot of people who might listen to this and think to themselves what do i want to do with youtube or what do i want to do with tiktok or whatever and it's it's definitely something to keep in mind that yeah business side of it and just always improving yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. it's I don't know. It's interesting to see the growth patterns of people, and like they're on that bell curve of when they get popular, they peak and then they fall off, and like what they decide to do after they've hit that peak moment. Like, do they continue to try and grow their their channel, or I'm just talking broadly now when I refer to their channel, but like their their content? Yeah. Do they keep trying to grow that and you know keep growing if they can, or do they do they keep falling off? Like, do they branch out to something else? Once they're like, you see that with like back in the day, I remember watching a lot of like these Call of Duty commentator YouTubers. That's what I was into at the time. So that's what I'm familiar with. And a lot of them spent so much of their money on like fancy cars, big houses and stuff. And it's like now they don't stream or, you know, make any sort of content whatsoever. And a lot of them are just doing like normal day, like nine to five jobs because and because they spent all their money. They, they had no foresight to, you know, save it or invest it well. They had no business sense. And to yeah. be fair, a lot of them were like teenagers at the time too. Not that they should have been like business geniuses. <laughs> wow. You don't need to be a, a business genius to to try and, you know, think into the future and stuff. And something that's been really For important sure, yeah. to me, something that's been really, really important to me is that I wanted to restart YouTube since I finished my exams for my university year. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do YouTube, but my main idea for my content personally is to try and make content that will not just last, but you can use the same sort of narrative that people know you for, for very different things. So for me personally, my content is, I want to challenge myself in in gaming. And I've got a few ideas for something I want to do, like a negative challenge. I set myself a goal. I'm just going to document the journey onto doing that. And that's one of the examples that I'm really, really proud of personally, in which that I can say, okay, I want to challenge myself in this video game. Now I've finished with that, I've achieved my goal, I can then challenge myself in another way. But then if I get bored of gaming, for example, I still have that mindset of like, I want to improve at you know fitness or a completely different side of my life that I'm still going to be going with this general theme of like, I'll have a goal and I want to you know get to it and I'll document it. And I think it's important yeah. to have, not necessarily that sort of mindset, but think to yourself, when you start out, like, am I going to have like a general theme? Am I going to be a very specific theme? Because what happens if you mm-hmm. lose interest with that specific theme, for example, but having a, yeah. a general theme that you can fit into a niche seems to be working quite well for me. And I am really, really proud, you know, not that I'm huge or whatever, but I'm really, really proud of what I've done so far. And I'm really excited for the future of what I, what I can do, whether I get, you know, whether I get big or whether I get lots of views and whether I, you know, make it quote unquote make it yeah. it's sort of secondary to me i actually started my content because i wanted to beat this goal for me beating this specific goal 
is more important than getting X number of subscribers. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. And that's created a very, very fun aspect for me personally in saying, now I've got this goal, I can then have fun doing YouTube and seeing if I can reach any goals on YouTube as well. And that almost takes the pressure off. And I'm, yeah. I'm really passionate about it. Like every day I wake up and I think, oh, how can I make my current edit a little bit better? Oh, this is a really good idea to try on the next stream or whatever, because I'm trying to build to this goal. And it's, it's, I'm absolutely loving it, which is why I keep saying like, oh, I'm doing really well. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I keep saying like, obviously previously, I keep saying, oh, I'm doing really well. A lot of people might think that and say like, you've only got hundred subscribers. You're not doing well. No, because my idea of doing well, subjective. my idea yeah. of doing well is a having fun and b reaching this goal and i've made very much i've made a very good progress into reaching this goal i'm really enjoying it and i'm also getting traction on tiktok on youtube so for me i i I can't ask for anything more personally i think the fact that you set it like a specific goal not that it's gta related but the fact that you set a goal of like 100 completion like speedrun i think that actually in my personal opinion might help you in future content as well I feel like a lot of people approach things like I'll use like a streamer Ninja, for example, his whole thing was he was one of the first people to really get into uh, Fortnite at a high level. He was very good at the game when a lot of people were still getting into it and he got, you know, he's, he was huge. He was the biggest streamer in the world for a while and he tried to branch off from Fortnite and he couldn't do it because entire, his entire audience was Fortnite. Like people that were interested in Fortnite and watching him play Fortnite. And he really backed himself in the corner with that because he didn't, it, he was just there to play Fortnite well. And then other people got good at Fortnite better than him, a lot of them. Uh, and there were so many people playing it that it, you know, it, he became one of the people that was good at Fortnite as opposed to the Fortnite guy. And I think like the way you have it set up with your content right now with the 100% completion with GTA, yes, it's GTA focused, but that's not the point of the video. It's you having fun aiming for a specific goal, which is 100% completion speedrun, which I think could translate to other games or anything in particular, yeah. not necessarily GTA related. So you can move on from that and not have people be like, oh, I thought this was a GTA channel. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that that's yeah. something that I would always, I think I'm always going to preach that specific idea. Mm-hmm. For example, with my with my content, yeah, I'm going to do this this speedrun of mine. And when I eventually beat it, whether I get a world record or not is another is another question. But I want to beat it to 100%. I want to do it quickly. And I want to see how, how quickly I can do it. It's my challenge. You know, I'm going to set my own rules. I'm going to have fun with it. And then after I've done yeah. that, one thing I want to get involved is I want to get one of my friends involved. And he's a professional, well, close to being a professional Rocket League player. And I've never mm-hmm. played Rocket League before. So an idea of mine was, can he I'm so bring, bad at Rocket League. Yeah. <laughs> so he's really good at it. So can he take me who's only played three games and put the controller down because I've well, I say put the controller around, I've thrown the controller against the wall. And then <laughs> can he bring me to a certain high ranking level in competitive Rocket League? And that would be the next challenge. Yeah. And then my content personally will just evolve from that, whether that continues to be gaming, whether I get a new passion, something something in that challenge that challenging myself so not only i can prove myself but i'm also providing relatively entertaining content because mm. i think it'd be quite interesting to see someone who's never played rocket league before be coached by someone who's very very good at rocket league for example um yeah. those sorts of ideas and having that general identity online is something that i think is quite important don't 
create your first YouTube video and say, I'm going to be a Minecraft YouTuber. Because as you said, exactly mm-hmm. the same in Ninja, you're going to be a Minecraft YouTuber. With your success, I've, great, but yeah. I have no idea what he's doing now. He might still be doing something different. He could still be huge. I don't know. I never really followed him. I think uh, last night, I think like, so we're recording this. Um, I think last night he did a massive, massive event with Mr. Beast, um, hmm. like a League of Legends tournament. You know, I did actually see something about that. You're right. Yeah. I, did, I saw some sort of promotion for that. It's just, yeah, like I said, it, not that he's not still, I mean, he has 18.3 million followers. I just went to his Twitch. I mean, his, and he's still playing Fortnite, apparently. I see, I'm looking at his like recent uh, streams. Like his last one got 364,000 views. So it's not like he's not massively popular. Yeah. But like, he was more than just a Fortnite streamer when he was at his peak. Like, everyone knew who he was like he like even outside of like the video game community people had at least heard of him like also all like all these little kids were like wearing his merchandise and stuff they were talking about him like my stepbrother has a uh, a son who at the time was like four, 13 14 obsessed with ninja and my stepbrother is like talking to me about it he's like yeah he's doing this i guess and it's like it's like people who are not relative to the gaming sphere or like ninja in particular like fortnite knew about you know ninja and fortnite going on to now that, i think he's just a popular streamer yeah onto that i i had a, a friend at school who missed an end of school exam like a proper public exam that would set him up for his future he missed it because he was watching a ninja fortnite tournament and stayed up too late <laughs> so he was big yeah. back in the day so big that someone would <laughs> jeopardize their entire education to see him to win a win a tournament which I think is that's commitment. He's got a loyal fan base. I wish that I wish other people for me would give up their education. I don't. I don't wish people give up their education, but it'd be cool. It'd be cool if people would say, <laughs> "I'm gonna, I'm gonna jeopardize my exam because I want to see this idiot try and speed run the game quickly." <laughs> that would be yeah. a bragging right to my friends, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's just interesting. Like I, I said, he was just like a popular streamer, as though that's a bad thing. He's incredibly popular. I mean, he's. And still, he's ahead of a lot of these people. He still might be the most popular, like most followed Twitch streamer. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, that could be. That's uh, well, followers and subscribers are, are great, but are they watching? That's that's something true. that I think about. So today, there was a there was a party around our house today, and someone was doing YouTube. The same guy I mentioned earlier, and he said, "Oh, you know, you're doing YouTube as well. That's great. I'm going to sub to you." I'm like, "Okay, thanks, but are you actually?" interested i would hate to be someone who has a hundred thousand subscribers and getting two thousand views um because mm-hmm. that, I mean, that looks great have a hundred thousand subscribers but i want people to actually care about what i'm doing i'm, I'm doing something and i'm putting out there and it's like i want people to subscribe to me if they're actually going to watch and I, I guess the same link back to ninja there 18 million followers or whatever i wonder how many of those yeah. followed in 2018 and then he got bored. He still sat on those 18 million followers, but has he got as many viewers as Tifu or or whatever? And that's a metric that I think is overlooked and overpromoted from what I've seen. People love subscribers and subscribers are great. Don't get me wrong. I love subscribers. Every time that number ticks up, I get a dopamine rush. But uh, I would rather have a million views than a million subscribers. And I'd rather have four million watch hours than a million subscribers because that's the good stuff that's what i'm making content for i'm not in i'm not in it i want people to watch the content i make if someone watches mm-hmm. my video for 30 seconds and then subscribe 
okay, great, but are you actually going to watch the rest of the video? Because I want to make videos people want to watch. And that's that's my yeah. mindset. And I, I almost wish more people had that mindset because I think the content <laughs> on YouTube would be so much better in general if people wanted to, you know, play the retention game more than they did this like and subscribe game. Well, not the like specifically, but the subscribe game. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to see where Ninja's at. He's not even in the top 50 for like most subscribed right now, even though he has the most like followers. He is, like you're saying, like he has a ton of followers and a lot of those could be from back at his peak that just haven't unfollowed him. But like I, like you said, like having subscribers or like having people actually watching the, you know, the stream live. It's annoying. I, I It's always annoying He's not talking in the about top 100. Yeah, it's weird. It's always annoying talking about content stuff. And I say subscribers and nine times out of 10, I mean YouTube subscribers. And of course there's different platforms that have different terminology. Like a subscriber on Twitch is awesome. But to get someone to subscribe yeah. to you on Twitch is like, holy moly, you have dedicated your prime sub or some of your real money to support me. That's incredible. Whereas on YouTube, a subscriber is like, a subscriber is like, oh, this guy made me laugh once. Click. Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, he's ranked number 200, roughly. Uh, I would have thought is, he'd be ranked a this, lot higher. This is fascinating. He has 5,100 active subs. 50. 5,185, my, my apologies. And to be fair, out of those, only 2,541 are paid subs. The rest of them are gifted. So Interesting. 18 million followers and 2,000 people have continue to think eh, i'm gonna give this guy some money he's doing well i enjoy yeah. his content i'm gonna support him of course interesting don't get me wrong if two thousand people turned up and then oh this guy is you know doing a speed run click subscribe give him two pound fifty or whatever or two dollars or whatever yeah. it is i would be over the moon but ah, for sure if i, yeah, I mean if i was where he was at right now i'd uh I'd be thrilled. Yeah, he's ranked exactly number 200. He's num the number 99 English-specific channel. That's he's, interesting. Yeah, he, peaked in, he peaked in April of 2018. He averaged 125. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round down here. Round up, rather. Uh, 125,000 viewers. And now he's averaging about 10,000. We'll say 11,000 viewers. Puts so my nine-viewer average to shame. <laughs> I mean, he's literally at like less than 10% of what he once was, which is incredible. Like the, like he's still doing fantastic. It's such an enviable position still, but it's just interesting to see like how big he was. And then just a couple years later gone, I wonder, oh, he had, I was, I was going to say, I wonder how moving to mixer affected that, but he, uh, he had already been on the decline before going to mixer because when he switched, he was only at like 40, he's averaging, we'll say like 42,000 viewers. So Just goes to show how important it is to, yeah. to niche, but not niche too hard, as we were saying before. Yeah. If you are, if you're thinking super mega ultra end game, which you know, I sort of am, I'm being a little bit arrogant in that sense, but <laughs> you know, Ninja did really, really well. And now he's at less than 10%. I don't personally like yeah. looking forward. I know it's it's really easy for me to say this, of course, but I don't ever want to be in that <laughs> position where I get 10% of the viewership that I, 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 I was about did. to say, I've always not, not that it's like the end all be all for me, but like one of the factors I've always looked at for our content is how many like actual like followers, subscribers, however I want to look at it, 
how many of those do I have? Like, what's the number and what percentage of, of my followers are watching? Not, not of that number, but like, if I have a hundred followers, am I getting a hundred views per video or whatever? Or am I getting more than that? Like, I always want like a higher percentage than my actual overall subscriber or follower account. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a ratio game, which is, yeah, it, it's important I think, and from from what I I put my effort into, it's important not to get bogged down with that sort of stuff. All of my goals For sure. are yeah, yeah. achievable, and they rely on me. None of my mm-hmm. goals, and this is this is actually quite different to what a lot of popular YouTubers and popular streamers might say. So, for example, Ludwig did that very famous video about you know how how to become a good streamer, and his yeah. one of the goals he suggested is like give yourself a time frame and when you want to, you know, in six months, I want to have this many average viewers. I don't do any of that because I don't control who views me. I can only control how good I am at a game, how good my editing is. My goals, my goals are always something that I, I can do. And when we say, oh, I, I never want to have 10% of the viewers I once did, it's important yeah. that I can't control that. If 90% of my audience suddenly disappear or don't come back to my content that's got nothing to do with me so it's important not to get bogged down on on that sort of stuff and one of you know i never ever set goals as i've already said none of my goals are i want a thousand subscribers by x date none of my goals are i want this many watch hours by this date because i don't influence that my goals specifically and i can i can get them up is i want to have um i i want to learn how to do really good text animation on adobe premiere Mm -hmm. pro I want to learn the ins and outs of um, Adobe Audition so that I can really nail my audio quality. I want to take my content to a level in which is better than the last month's worth of content. And if that is my goal, followers and subscribers and whatever, there is a much higher chance that that growth will happen on the side. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I... I personally focus on, I, I focus on my content, what I want to be better at. And I, I, I want to be better at this and that and that, and it's all stuff I can control. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're in the same boat in that category. Like a lot of the stuff that I focus, like hyper focus on is all behind the scenes sort of stuff. Like all of it is learning how to do things. Um, a lot of it is literally just improving like search engine optimization stuff, just improving, uh, like tags, um, working on like uh, like keywords and stuff like that on the the website, like our website and things like that. A lot of it is networking. Like it's stuff you won't actually see, but it's stuff that will absolutely benefit like our brand in particular, like our content. Um, I have a question for you. I, okay, would you recommend? And this is to answer to me, but only to other people who might want to get started on on mm-hmm. the internet and social media and stuff. Would you recommend? investing in search engine optimization tools of course i get flooded with adverts on youtube specifically Mm -hmm. to do with hey we're a service who can you know we are an automated tool who tell you to put these keywords in your title and you can improve your thumbnails and really like these tags and stuff and it's it's a paid service and i'm not Mm -hmm. sure how much more information i'm gonna get from them than i can deduce myself yeah. would you recommend so this that is, sort of thing this is something i actually do for creator. a living like I, I work in marketing and advertising 
And we've, through my job specifically, we use a couple of different uh, like keyword recommendation tools and things like that. And I've used a number of them, I don't know, five or six other ones outside of that, just as like, just to investigate and see how well they work. It's competition you know scouting. I mean? Happens everywhere, yeah. Not necessarily a competition scout, just seeing like what would be more effective for me personally. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I've used, the one I ended up settling with, quote unquote settling with, it seems like I'm putting them down. <laughs> uh, the one I used personally for a little bit was SEMrush, which they're designed to help you with uh, like keyword, uh, you know, coming up with keywords, helping you improve like your pages on your website, helping get external links. So like putting links on other websites and having them link back to your web page, things like that. It It's a very effective tool. I think personally, I, I don't recommend, especially up and coming, like people that are like smaller YouTubers and stuff. I don't know that it's worth the money for a lot of people to invest in that only because it it's more related to like if you have a website, it's helpful. Yes. But like if you're not making a bunch of money off of like your content, it's just a bad investment money wise. Like you're not going to get the money's worth out of it. Right. That that makes sense. And you mentioned external I links think, there. Um, yeah. Do you think that the external links and, and whatever and any outreach that you might get from these services, do you think that you can trust those links to be going to audience or is that going to be a link to a video or something and they say, oh, I'm not interested and they click off and that just detonates your retention and your average viewership and that sort of stuff. Maybe I should, maybe I should re-explain so like when I'm referring, I, I can circle back to what you asked here. Yeah. When, I, when I was referring to originally was like for external links. Uh, so like, let's say I have like on my website, like we have a page that links to our merchandise and I'm trying to draw traffic into that. I might go to, I might contact another like website. Um, I don't know, like what, just like Game Informer or something. I, I, I can't, I'm bad at coming up with examples off the top of my head. Uh, but like, let's say Game Informer is writing an article about like, uh, like video game, like professional gaming teams or something. And they're talking about like how they all have their like custom jerseys. I might contact them and say, Hey, we're an example of a brand that has custom jerseys. And this could relate to your story that you're talking about. They might put the link to our website there as a reference point, similar to how like on Wikipedia, they have like the references at the bottom of the page, yeah. something like that. They might have a link as like a reference to our website as an example of something like that that links back to our website and that brings in external traffic. And the point of that is not necessarily to get actual traffic to the website uh, through that article. Obviously you want that to happen, but that's not, that's not the biggest benefit of that. The big benefit is it helps with Google. Like uh, you, you basically have an invisible score tied to your website that Google looks at and helps uh, bring your website up in like searches for um, relevant things. Like if I'm, let's say I'm a guy that's on a, like a, like I'm starting up a gaming team and I want to make custom jerseys. I type in like custom video game jerseys into Google. Yeah. If I'm getting a lot of backlinks from other websites to my website, there's a better chance that my website's going to pop up there for that person looking to make custom jerseys as opposed to a website that doesn't have those backlinks. That's, that's, that's the really point I was trying to make with the, the, uh, referring links. Yeah. That's um, really interesting. Yeah, th like I said, like if you're an, if you're a smaller YouTuber, I just don't think it's worth the money investing because it's I forget how much it is for like SEMrush and some of these. I don't pay for any of them anymore because I get it through work. Uh, I get a I get a really nice uh, we get a very well 
uh, equipped company that we get through work. Um, like SEMrush, I want to say it was like roughly $100, we'll say. It's a very generic amount. Um, it might have been a little bit more than that, a little bit less. I think it was over $100, though. But it's, I just don't think that's a, a good use of money for a smaller YouTuber. I don't think you're going to get your money's worth. They, if you if you have the money, like if you have expendable income that you're willing to throw at it, they're very helpful. Uh, they actually, you have, you get like an actual uh, person that will sit down. They'll do like video chats with you if you want. They will walk you through everything, and it's included in the cost. Uh, they'll sit down and literally like be like, "This is what this does. This is how it helps you." They hop on the call and they'll say, "All right, what are you trying to do?" And say like, I'll say like, "Oh, I'm trying to promote that. Like, we offer custom video game jerseys." And they'll be like, "Okay." This is how like, and they'll explain like the backlinks and stuff like that. And they'll explain like how they can use the tools they provide you um, to benefit your, your, uh, your website. Um, but I just, I don't think for most people it's worth the the investment. I think that you can spend that money better doing like more, uh, not generic, more natural promotions through like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, that sort of stuff. Um, like, especially if you're just trying to promote content specifically, I think you can put like snippets up and promote them on Twitter and Instagram and get that in front of people. I think that's more effective than working on your, your, uh, SEM and SEO on your website. Uh, it's really, it's really, it's really good. Um, going back to that sort of stuff. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm making, I feel like it's really kind of com- complicated. I'm doing my best <laughs> to dumb it down for people. I'm hopefully it's coming across properly. Well, to be honest, I have no idea what any of that stuff is. It's sort of why I brought up the question when I'm always being given yeah. advertising, like, oh, you know, we can help boost your SEO. It's like, great, why do I care? And I don't really know. Like, oh. You do a bit of research and they seem to be quite hesitant. If on I, that if I could real quick, I think to dumb it down the, the most effectively is it's better if, if you're a small YouTuber, it's better to get your content in front of people rather than a website that's promoting your content. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like if, if let's say I have my, like, I mean, we have our own website. Let's say we have, I, we have a page on our website that promotes our videos. It's better to just get the videos in front of people rather than sending them to somewhere that's going to redirect them to the content. It's just adding a middleman. Essentially. It's better to just get your content right in front of them, get it in people's faces and being like, Hey, are you interested in this? If yes, this is where you need to go. And it's just all right there for them as opposed to making it more convoluted and more of a long-term play. Cool. Yeah. No further questions. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in court. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I would I would say the best thing that smaller content creators could do, I'm just speaking specifically about YouTube uh, in this case, because that's what we're focused on. Your best bet is literally just getting like small snippets of like your content, I think, putting them on like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever content platform you use. And you can literally for like 25 to $50, you can target specific areas. Like we did this with, with a lot, with some of our uh, promotions that we did, we'd literally be like, all right, where's, where can we get the most bang for our buck? It's like, we target like New York. We target like Miami, Austin, uh, like San Francisco, Los Angeles. So we target bigger cities where there's like larger groups of people, you know, it's, it's large population areas. And we would put a, we could, we could literally specify the exact cities we want our, our promotions to go to. You can target like what your budget is. So you can set it specifically and you can see exactly how many times, uh, your, your, uh, promotional run, like your advertisement or whatever will run. And you can promote that through Twitter and Instagram and you put together whatever it is you're trying to get to these people and, uh, it'll pop up 
Like if I if someone lives in New York and you set you spend one hundred and fifty dollars to get, you know, a hundred thousand. We call them impressions. It's just however many times that ad or promotion will pop up for people. If I spend enough money and it pops up a hundred thousand times in New York, there's a lot better chance that somebody in New York is going to see that content and like it than if I spend one hundred and fifty dollars hoping that somebody anywhere in the world will search up custom video game jerseys and my website pops up in Google far enough that they click on it. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can speak from personal experience. Most of the time when you Google search something, you're not scrolling past the first page of Google search results to find the answer you're looking for. Right? Totally can vouch for that. Yeah. And so like it takes a ton of it's, it's not even a quick, no matter how much money you throw at it, it is not a quick process to pop up in Google search results uh, near the top of the page. Like when you search the top couple of results are going to be promoted ones. And it is going to be incredibly difficult to outspend the big paid promoters that are popping up at the top there. Yeah. Um, and well, then so, so popping up naturally is going to take you so long. It's going to be a lot of effort. Not that you shouldn't do it, but don't focus all of your spending on that. I would focus it on getting your content in front of people. Some really good advice there. I spend a lot yeah. of time. It's a, I suppose my style of content's easier to clip and put on TikTok, Instagram reels. YouTube it definitely depends on the content you're putting together for sure. Yeah, and I've I've found relative to long form videos, it's it's been a lot better impressions and views and likes wise, if that's the sort of style mm-hmm. you want to go for, to you know record for ages and just put clips out there because there's nothing wrong with putting a short clip out there. You know, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, Instagram Reels is designed specifically for people to mindlessly scroll and view. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with you know, just putting a clip out there. It might make some people laugh. It might get some people's attention and then they could, you know, check you out or whatever. But it's it's very different. When I when I approach YouTube Shorts personally, it's a lot different for me when I think of retention and interactivity yeah. and calls to action. And I always want my shorts to link back in some shape or form to my channel. So I'll never mm-hmm. I'll never create a short that is just like a clip of me crashing a car in a game. I'll always create a clip that will be slightly edited. It will be like the most annoying thing to happen in a speed run. And then it will show like a funny clip of like a glitch happening or whatever. Because some people might think, oh, Mm -hmm. that's quite funny. I didn't know that. This guy does speed runs. That's interesting. Click on the channel name, for example. That's the approach that I have. Mm -hmm. Whereas on long form videos and long form videos are, you know, videos that are more than a minute long and you go to a proper YouTube page for them with a description and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The emphasis for me is always on get a hook, get people interested, bam, bam, fast content, bam, 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 eight minutes of this happens, this happens, this happens, an overarching story. Yeah. We want to answer a question. This is the route we got there. Question answered. You know, retention and the currency of the yeah. world when it comes to content creation is time. You want people to spend their time and feel fulfilled in spending that time on your content. And it's, Exactly. That's a very, very, yeah. very different approach than a shorts or a TikTok and Instagram reel because that is not the currency because they're, they're, they've chosen not to view your content. They've chosen to mindlessly scroll. So you've just got to fill that yeah. void. That's exactly how we felt. Yeah, we've talked about this a number of times. That's that's one of the kind of key topics we brought up along uh, among the, uh, the YouTube-centric episodes we've done here on the podcast is like YouTube shorts and how people utilize them. Like I kind of view them almost as like a, a quick little advertising for your actual content. Oh, and I same. get that they're yeah exactly the same. I get that they're videos like on your channel, so to speak. But it's like 
people are not going to your channel to watch the shorts necessarily. Like most people are viewing shorts in like a feed of, of YouTube shorts. And it's just all thrown together. It's like you, you use that as a hook to draw them back to the actual like meat and potatoes of your channel. Like where all the actual content yeah, well, really I've, is. I've actually got the analytics in front of me now. 93% of the traffic on my short come, uh, my mm-hmm. yeah, has come from the shorts feed. And the 7% has come from channel page external and just yeah. filling up the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know. There, It's a good way to get quick views. I don't view shorts as like the ticket to long-term subscribers or like community. And like I, I view it as just a way to get people in the front door. Then I have to sell them with all the other content. Well, I have an opinion on YouTube shorts and this okay. sort of stuff, which often gets a little bit of a backlash on typically the the new YouTubers sort of, you know, mm. subreddits and that sort of stuff is that I treat the views and the subscribers and the audience that I get from a short as completely different audience because sure. they have gone, you know, most of them are on a YouTube shorts feed or a TikTok feed or whatever, and they've clicked the subscribe mm-hmm. button in the bottom right. They've subscribed because you made them laugh or they're interested in having another couple of your shorts popping up again. They haven't subscribed because they want to follow on my challenges. And I, maybe they have, but my mindset is that they haven't. So it's all of my focus is on the long form videos. And that means Mm -hmm. that my shorts are always, as, as you said, are always trying to divert that shorts traffic into long form traffic. That's, that's, that's Mm -hmm. my entire thing, because I would much rather have 400 subscribers that watch my long form than 40,000 subscribers who sometimes look at a couple of my shorts. Absolutely. And that happens. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that trap of, hey, I get loads of views and subscribers from shorts. Have you actually? Because if we take it back into the terms mm-hmm. of views and subscribers for long form, I think they're a completely different audience. And I get a lot of backlash yeah. for that opinion personally. But it is what it is. It'd be interesting to see somebody that's whole. I'm, there are definitely people that do that where their entire catalog is nothing but shorts. But like, it'd be interesting to see like somebody that has shorts that they it's part of their main content uh, while that subscriber base carries over into their more long form content. I just haven't seen that. I feel like it's like you said, it's separate. It's a separate viewer viewership. Like, I, I just I don't know. Like I said, like, most of the times where I've seen people like smaller YouTubes using shorts, the shorts do well a lot of times like they get tens of thousands of views but it doesn't carry over into the longer form content because the people aren't actually going back to the channel and looking at all the other content they're just scrolling up through their feed yeah i totally agree it's, it's not to dissuade people yeah. from posting shorts i post shorts no, no, no. because i, want I think they're to, useful know, I think they can be super useful and sometimes yeah. you know my, as i said my plans personally and my motivations are i want to beat the game as quick as possible and I want to share my <laughs> I want to share my story with it, and I want to you know document the progress. And if that means that I post a you know a seven second clip of, well, this really annoyed me, and then it show the clip or whatever, that might make mm-hmm. someone laugh, or that might say, oh, I know that that's relatable. And even if they don't check back to longer form content, you've still done your job as a content creator. Yeah. Awesome. I actually had nothing else on my topic list to bring up. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add or, or talk about before we wrap up. Uh, no, nothing from me. Uh, no. just, just been... <laughs> we ended up just kind of naturally covering a lot of the stuff I'd, I'd brought up that I usually I wrote down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope my advice on like uh, where to spend 
on like promotion wise. I hope that was helpful for people. That was very, uh, again, very helpful for me. We have the Dedris Productions uh, partner program where you don't have to actually do anything. Uh, we we kind of promote. I, I'm in the process of redoing that because I promoted it more as like you sign up and you're part of it. Whereas it's more of like, hey, use this as a way to contact us and I'll help you like with your branding and, and in a, you know, your marketing side of things, since that's what I do for a living. Um, so that's what, something I'm going to try and promote again, starting once we get back into YouTube a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope it's helpful. If people have any questions about that, feel free to contact us. Digesterproductions.live. Set links to all of our stuff on there, including uh a little contact us blurb. You can just fill in some information uh, so I can reach back out to you and answer your questions. I hope, hope it's helpful. Hope people understand. Hope I explained it well enough. I, a lot of it is like convoluted and uh, it, a lot of times it's easier to explain with like visuals. It's hard to do over an audio podcast. I know like with my work, a lot of times when I'm explaining some of that stuff, like with, uh, you know, search engine optimization and stuff like that with like businesses, I'm like, it's easier if I just come in and talk to you in person rather than do this over the phone. <laughs> it's It can be uh, very complicated at times, especially for people who aren't familiar with it at all. Um, and that's nothing to be uh, embarrassed about. It's it's something that's uh, not like something, it's not something that everyone's familiar with. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the new YouTuber series that's on the, the podcast is uh, mm-hmm. very informative. Um, not just just this, of course, but the other episodes that you do with the multiple different creators it. and all sorts of different backgrounds and niches and, and everything. You've, you've done a good job at covering all sorts of aspects of, of being a new YouTuber. And I think that... That's been the goal. I hope people find it useful. Because that's, that's yeah. sort of the point. That's why I wanted to do it. Because it's like I said, we're, we're trying to get back in YouTube a little bit more. And I was like, I, I feel like, not that we're the end all be all of things by any means, but like, I feel like, if you go into Google and just type in how to start a YouTube channel, there's so much information on how to do it. Um, and I feel like if I, if we could at least put together the series of people talking about their experiences that are already a part of the community and I can put this back in there and be like, Hey, this is like a compilation of everyone's experiences setting it up. Like I'm hoping at least one or two people might be able to find it useful even. I think it's, it's really, really helpful to have these, these points of view episodes and podcasts because Mm -hmm. Sure, PewDiePie might make a video on how to be good at YouTube, but he grew on YouTube in 2012. It's yeah. such a different landscape, especially with Twitch. I don't really take any notice of when XQC or someone who grew very, very early in Twitch would give, you know, especially the advice of just stream more, bro. No, that's how yeah. you grew because no one else streams. It's such a different landscape yeah. that coming in and talking to people who are going through the exact same landscape as you are how they're navigating it, problems they've had, you know, very good things that have happened to them or stuff they would change or whatever. It's really good to get uh, uh, down to earth. You've got to remember that people like me, we don't have a following or anything. We're not we're not <laughs> tailoring to sponsors. We're not saying like, oh, the number one thing you need to do as a new YouTuber is subscribe to this person who sponsored me. But, you know, we, yeah. we have this and it's been really, really informative. And all I can say is thank you for letting me get involved. This It's been a blast. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. I appreciate it. I was, I was going to add on too. I feel like it's hard for someone who's made it. I feel like, not that it's, they're going to be wrong, but I feel like it's hard for them to explain how to be successful. Like PewDiePie or something. Like the way he did it obviously works. And like you said, he got successful in like whatever year it was, he got he really blew up. But it's like, just because that worked for him doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else, you know? And he might, 
obviously there's some fact, not that you have to just get lucky to be successful, but like there is some level of luck where you had to get found by somebody like the f- one person had to find you to start with. And then obviously it snowballs from there. But like it, it, I feel like it's hard for people that are successful to get like, give like an exact view of like what it might take to be successful because you know, they were successful. They're going to be biased towards the way that they became successful as opposed to something that might be more effective currently. And I think that's kind of what you were, you were saying too. Yeah. It's, it's been really informative and I really enjoy listening to other other episodes and stuff and getting these information awesome. i've i personally have learned a lot not from this episode but from other episodes where someone from a completely different niche has this problem i might run into that in the future or i probably run into that myself and not realized yeah that's part of it too is we've been trying to cover a lot of the same topics as far as like youtube shorts like what kind of startup people had with it and like how they really got into like the editing process or like their backgrounds just because i want to make sure like if, if we go into every episode with a completely different topic, it's not really useful because you're not getting a point of comparison. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this person started editing this way. Oh, this person does YouTube shorts that way. It's like, there's no, there's nothing to compare to. It's like, okay, I have the information on how they did this, but the other person didn't even talk about that. So I don't know if the person that talked about it did it well or not. You know what I mean? Like it, I like to have points of comparison so people can see the different ways to go about it as opposed to talking about one topic per episode and not really giving any additional input or differing opinions on it. I could try and make it as all encompassing as possible from as many different perspectives as we can. So I hope people find it useful. Um, I definitely find yeah, it useful. Thank you. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad I appreciate it. Uh, again, Tom McIntosh on YouTube, you're doing uh, oh, what is, well, the links will be in the description. What is your Twitch channel? Uh, it's 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 t macintosh 3 but i'm looking at changing that to be a little bit more consistent i made that a few years ago but at the moment t macintosh 3 links to stuff is on my youtube channel anyway if you do want to yeah links will be in the description as well um again detrisproductions.live links to all of our stuff on there thank you so much for coming on thank you everyone for listening it's been episode 132 episode four of like our youtube sort of a creator series of like I don't know how many we have. I think we're up to like 18 that I actually have scheduled now. So we've got a ways to go. <laughs> Good luck. So look forward to that. Oh, thank you. It's going to be a lot of fun editing it down. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, thank you I don't envy you. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Ta-ra.